everyone in listening land. This is Melissa coming to you again with another segment. We're going to get into our Bible study. So I am excited to go over the story of Rahab. Um, I found her pretty intriguing. And what I loved about it, what really drew me in was I wanted to know what her heart was like. So I think I'm going to title this one, The Heart of, the heart of a Harlot. And... It's just that she had so many facets to her. And sometimes when we think of a harlot, which means a prostitute, um, it comes with a negative connotation. But I also believe that God looks at our heart. And just because someone may do an action that's not commendable, doesn't mean that they're necessarily a bad person. So Rahab really intrigued me. I wanted to figure out what was going on with her heart. And she plays a vital role in the lineage of Jesus. So for God, God uses like anybody and everybody. He says he'll make the rocks cry out. So I wanted to get into Rahab and see what she's all about. So guys, let's get into it. So if you remember, a couple of segments ago, we were in the book of um, Exodus and Joshua. So I'll just go back and give a little recap. Remember, Moses was leading the Hebrews, the Hebrew slaves, the Israelites to the promised land. So remember, he never got to actually enter the promised land because he was basically disobedient to God. God told him to speak to the rocks, but instead, in anger and boastfulness, he was disobedient. He took his cane, his staff, and he hit the rock two times instead of speaking it to it to make it produce the water for the people. So anyway, Moses ended up not going into the promised land. Before his death, he passes the torch on to Joseph. And Joseph now orders spies to go into the city of Jericho to kind of scope it out, see what's going on in there before he goes in and invades. Now, while those two spies are in Jericho, the king sends out his people to find the spies, but enter Rahab. Rahab had hid them in her brothel. Hmm. Now, we'll see what happens there. So, why I wanted to study Rahab is because, of course, she's a key player. Like, her, her actions made it possible for Joshua to enter the promised land and for, ultimately, her choices in life led it for... Um, she becomes the the descendant, well, the ancestor of Jesus, okay? So let's get into where we first see what's going on with Rahab. Let's go to Joshua um, chapter 2. We're going to do verse 1 through 24. And I'm going to read it fairly quickly because I just want to get through everything and keep this short as all, hopefully as always. Anyway, so Joshua um, chapter two, Ooh, where's my spectacles? Cause um, I don't have a large print. So let me get my spectacles. So I'm not squinting. Okay, there we go. All right. So hopefully that gave you guys a minute to find a section. Joshua, if not, there's a table of contents in the front of every Bible. <laughs> I use it, so I'm not ashamed. Anyway, Joshua, verse 2. 
Rahab and the spies. So it says, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. Jericho was like the main land, right? So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. Hmm. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, now this is Rahab's reply to the king's messengers. She says to them, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. Hmm. So Rahab is a little slick. All right. So we see here, she is under the rule of this king of Jericho. But yet, when he sends his men, he basically sends an order to go, Rahab, bring those men out. She lies and says, I don't know where they came from. Of course, Rahab had conversation with them, so she knew who they were. And the story had, even without internet, social media, the story of them crossing over the Jordan had already spread to, um, to, to Jericho. So she knew what was going on. She knew about them. But she says, I don't know where they came from. So she's lying to these men who are basically the king's, the king's men. So she's lying. She could have had her head taken off. She could have been stoned. This lady has some, some chutzpah, I think they say, some cojones. Um, so I am like really feeling Rahab right here. So she says, I don't know where they came from. And then on top of that, she adds another lie. She said at dusk, which is when it gets dark. So she's setting up a whole like conspiracy here. She said at dusk, when it came time to close the gate, the men left. And then she says, I don't know which way they went. Now, Rahab, where her little brothel is set up, part of the wall for her building is the wall of Jericho, right? Part of her wall is the border of the city. So she can see everything that goes on. And the way they describe it is the building is pretty tall. So she has to like put a rope down for the men to actually crawl out the window and hit the ground. It's not like they just jumped out a little short window and boom, they're on the ground. So her building is tall, which means she can probably see over this wall and see out into the land outside of the city of Jericho. So Sister Rahab knows what's going on. Okay, so she lies. She says at dusk, basically when it came dark and it was time for them to close the city gates to make sure no intruders came in, she says the men left. Lies, you tell Rahab, lies. Again, she says, I don't know which way they meant which way they went. Rahab, 
Them dudes are upstairs hiding under some, some flax seeds. Stop playing. <laughs> but anyway, then on top of that, she gets a little intense with it. She says, go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. Lies, Rahab lies. Then here's the truth. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under stalks of flax. She had laid out on the roof. So Rahab not only was running a brothel, sister was selling some flax seeds. She was doing all kind of stuff. But, and that tells me, sister Rahab was a good businesswoman. Okay, so let's get on to verse seven. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of Jordan. As soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Okay. Remember, the gate shuts every evening at dusk because they got to protect their, their city. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, Now here comes negotiator Rahab. I love this woman. I don't know. God forgive me, but I'm, I'm vibing with her. She says to the spies, I know the Lord has given you this land. Now, Rahab, she wasn't some wishy-washy woman. She comes bold with it. She says, I know. Now she's living under the king of Jericho, under his land, his rule. But these two spies that come in, her allegiance has shifted from her king to these two spies. I think that's deep. She says, I know. Now, what kind of confidence is that? Like, we need to have that kind of confidence in God. She says, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. Remember, that was back with Moses. And what you did on Shin. Shion and Og, I can't pronounce them, but basically they slayed those people. The two kings of the Amorites east of Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord, your God, is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now this also caught me because she says, and let me go back verse 11 she said for the lord your god she didn't say our god she said your god which basically says she still has not converted she's still not a believer she's saying your god but out of fear and reverence to god and what he's doing she is converting which is huge and sometimes god has to kind of knock you upside your head or show you some stuff before you believe but it says she says the lord your god in heaven above and on earth below so she has a reverence and a respect to god even though she hasn't fully converted but she's in the process stay tuned guys stay tuned let's watch now verse 12 it says now then please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Now, Rahab, 
is also a negotiator. She's making a deal with these spies. They don't have to, but she's basically saying, hey, I did for you, take care of not just me. She's saying her entire family. She is negotiating big time. So she says, give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father, mother, my brother and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Now, this tells me Rahab, some say she was a prostitute. I don't necessarily believe that. I think she was more of the innkeeper, businesswoman. She ran the brothel. But nowhere does it say that she had children yet. Now, if she's laying it down like that, I don't know if I should be saying it like that. But if she's a prostitute, most likely she would have had a few children running around. But it doesn't say anything about her children. It says um, her father, her mother, her brother, her sister, and all who belong to them. Now that get, tells me she has a heart of kindness. She's looking out for her family. That's the loyalty. So Rahab, I am like totally, I'm having, what is it called? Woman Crush Wednesday? And it is Wednesday. Rahab, you my Woman Crush Wednesday. <laughs> okay. So now in verse 14, it says, um, the spies say, our lives for your lives. So they're negotiators too. They're saying, hey, continue to look out for us and we got you. So the men assured her, if you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. Verse 15, so she let them down on a rope through a window for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. Okay. So she had, she had strategic property. Rahab was, she was like real estate owner too. Like, I'm like, dang, Rahab, you got this thing going on. Her house that she lived in was part of the city wall. If that's not some McDonald's real estate for you, that's crazy. Verse 16. Now she had said on, she had said to them, go to the hill. So she's telling them she knows because she can see where the king's men go. She can see what goes on outside of the wall, right? So she knows what to tell them to do. She says, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there for three days until they return and then go on your way. So she knows exactly how they move, what they do. She knows those men are going out. They're going to be gone for about three days. That's a good enough time for them to search up the road, down the road. If they don't see anything happening, they're going to come on back. And that's when you make your move and go on home. So verse 17, the men said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down and unless you have brought your father mother your brothers and all of your family into your house if anyone goes outside your house into the street his blood will be on his own head we will be res we will not be responsible as for anyone who is in the house with you his blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on him but if you tell what we are doing we will be released from this oath you made us swear so Rahab basically negotiated 
gave them an oath to swear by, which they agreed to. And she has this scarlet cord that she puts through her window to let them crawl down because, of course, her door is being watched by all the spies and whatnot. And they tell her, hey, make sure your people stay in your house. Don't let them be out in the streets because out in the streets, there's no protection for them. So this red scarlet cord, um, some people say that that is, that is like the symbolism. And that's what started this red light district. You know, when, well, hopefully you guys don't know. Hopefully you're super Christians and don't know anything about the red light district. But let me tell you, since I've lived a little bit, um, not that I visited them. Don't get me, don't, don't get me crossed up. So the red light district, basically, when you see a red light, that basically means it's a, it's a brothel. It's a prostitution thing going on. So they say that it came from this red scarlet cord that she let down. And that was like a symbol for everybody to know, hey, this is a house of prostitution. And also that is how um, Joshua's people knew when they saw that red scarlet cord, they knew to protect that house and everybody in it. Now, there are people who will wear like a red scarlet, a red um, cord around their wrist, and it's supposed to be like to stop any negative um, energy or spirits or anything from harming. Mostly you'll see it where they put it on babies. But you'll also sometimes see adults wear it. And I kind of think it's, it comes from this too, that red scarlet. It's a sign of protection. But originally, it was a sign that this it was used in a brothel house. So there we go with some of the, the um, Christian things that we do. Where'd they come from? They came from some, hmm, some unsavory practices. Okay, so let's continue on. Um, so we're on verse 21. Agreed, she replied. I like it, just one word, agreed. She's like super negotiator. Let it be as you say. She sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. When they left, they went into the hills, just like she told them, and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back home. They went down out of the hills, forded the river and came to Joshua, son of Nun, told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given us the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. So Rahab, she pretty much looked out for these people, right? They, she looked out for the spies. And because of it, Joshua knew how to move, how to get into the land and basically conquered it now some of the things that i want to look at because i want to look at the heart of rahab so let me go back in and give me just a little second because there's some crucial things that i'm looking at with rahab oh i still need my spectacles let me grab them again hold on okay so if i look at rahab I think of her as, of course, people say that she was a prostitute. I don't necessarily believe that. I believe she was more of the innkeeper, more of a businesswoman. And she, in addition to running a business, 
running a brothel. She was also reaping, um, she was sowing flax seeds, she was selling them. So she was into nutrition because flax seeds are good for your digestive, good for your blood pressure and all of that. So she's um, so um, planting stuff, harvesting it. She put it up in the top part of her house so it could dry out. And then I'm sure she probably had her people, maybe her mother, father, take it into the city, sell it. So Rahab was doing a whole lot. She was a businesswoman. Now it shows that she has some negotiation skills. I'm sure if she even took those flax seeds or whatever she was growing into the city, she knew how to negotiate with the people to get the best price for what she needed. Um, so I see her as a businesswoman. Now, when I look at her heart, one of the things that I see is that she was basically, uh, I, I never want to say a victim. She was a product of her environment. So she knew, you know, because of where her land was set up, a lot of people would come in and you know, they would stay there. City travelers, like if you travel off the interstate, there's always a Cracker Barrel right there. Now, of course, I don't think they're running, I don't think a Cracker Barrel is running any brothel, but they've got good strategic real estate for travelers. Same as Rahab did. And of course, these travelers that come in, they need a place to stay. You know, they've been traveling along the roads for weeks, days, days or weeks at a time. They might be missing their wives. Women come in. Now, the profession of prostitution has been around for ever, like, as probably as long as humans have been around, right? So, of course, that's what they did. Now, is Rahab conducting that business? I'm sure if it's going on in her house, she knows what's going on. Um, do I believe she was a part of it? I kind of don't think so. I really think she was a step above. I don't, I don't see her as um, subservient. I see her as a strong businesswoman. So after, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. After Joshua comes in with his people, they take over the land I looked up Rahab's life after, and what I saw was that Rahab, at this, at some point after the land is taken over, she marries Salmon. He's from the tribe of Judah, and he is one of Joshua's people. So it shows me now she was living in. Um, Jericho under the king's lead doing life as she needed to survive taking care of her family but once the land got invaded and taken over it shows her heart has converted she marries she could have still married you know whoever she chose to because I don't the entire city of Jericho there were still some Canaanites that survived so she could have married any of those she actually marries one of Joshua's people. So she marries Salmon. And they eventually, this is the first sign that we see that she actually has a child. So she marries Salmon and she has Boaz, right? 
Now, if you look down the lineage, Boaz is actually a, a ancestor of Jesus. So this is the first time that we see that he, she has a child. So it shows her in light as a mother. Now, first we saw her as a daughter, we saw her as a sister, but this is the first after the invasion, she becomes a mother. And I think as wives, we take on a different role, you know? So even though she had business, she had a business mind, her life after was as wife and mother. I thought that was very intriguing. And to me, it's like, God, out of all people, you could have just gone on and kept creating, um, you know, people who were totally innocent. But God uses anybody, <laughs> you know? I Again, I'm an advocate, a firm believer that God looks at our heart. And so it shows me that Rahab's heart had been converted so she becomes wife she becomes mother and god found the that reverence in her that he allowed her to be a vital role part of the lineage of jesus i thought that was super interesting so um yeah, I looked up and there's a whole, there's like maybe 20 something generations between um, Salmon and Rahab, their union, and then Boaz, he marries Ruth, and then there's Obed, Jesse, David, and Bathsheba, and it goes on and on and on and on until it gets to Jesus, okay? But I thought that was super, um, it, it just really it just really kind of wowed me that sometimes people will automatically apply a title to someone. And so in Rahab's case, there's so much, um, some people say she was a prostitute. Some say she was just an innkeeper. There's no clarity on whether she was really a prostitute. So what I'm thinking is that maybe the people were just, oh, because she lived in the brothel, that they just labeled her as something. And I think, unfortunately, that's unfair that sometimes we get labeled, we get stereotyped as something, and sometimes not something so positive. But just because of a title that others have given us doesn't diminish or take away from the skills that God has given us the wisdom, the sharp mind. Rahab had some skills in negotiating into town with her her, um, her flax seeds and whatever else she grew. She had skills in negotiation. She, she went basically toe-to-toe -to -toe with these spies. Like these are strong men. They're killing people. And she came and negotiated with them. You know, and... It just shows me how strong of a woman that she was and is. And then on top of that, she thought for herself. She didn't just like, oh, um, King of Jericho says this or that. I'm just going to bow down. She stood up to his people and in essence stood up to him. That's an extremely strong woman. I could see Rahab as business owner, 
real estate owner, negotiator, um, bargain bargain person, saleswoman, and then eventually she converts and you see more of that original heart that she had to take care of her mother, her father, her brother, her sister, all the people that were close to her. That heart, that heart of God is what endured. And then she became a wife. She became a mother. And God saw her heart and used her heart to be basically a mother or, or ancestor of the lineage of Jesus his only begotten son. So I think that is super intense. So I just needed to meditate on Sister Rahab for a little bit, but she is my woman crush Wednesday. So guys, anyway, as I always say, I will share it with you. I will study it with you from how I see it, but definitely, most definitely pick up the Bible for yourself, get into it, Read it for yourself. Allow God to interpret it into your heart and get something from that. <clears throat> anyway, guys, I need a little water, but I'm done. Peace. Have a wonderful day, and I'll see you on the next episode.